Good afternoon, KPFK listeners. This is Here in the City. Today is April 19th, 2011. I'm Sarah Harris. We are here most Tuesdays bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape and mapping the city through conversations with people working toward creative social change in and around Los Angeles. On today's show, we wrap up our series on education with a visit to one of the oldest schools in the Los Angeles Unified School District, where students explore personal stories in the Native American tradition to better connect with teachers and with each other. Council is a, a listening and speaking practice, and it really uh, originated back with indigenous peoples around the world, sitting in circles and sharing stories. And we hear from our arts editor, who is not as enthusiastic as some critics, about the new Art in the Streets exhibition at the Museum of Contemporary Art. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive of our shows is at Here in the City, that's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. And you can like us on Facebook. Class sizes in the Los Angeles Unified School District are slated to grow next year by up to 7%. Students and teachers will have to reach into their social toolkits to accommodate this change that invariably has shown to be less conducive to achievement and learning. One traditional tool for social cooperation and understanding has become more available of late in public schools, the practice of counsel. In schools across Los Angeles, teachers and students have been engaging in group story sharing with facilitators trained in the Native American practice of counsel. Holding counsel provides a time and a place to hear and to be heard in the interest of finding solutions that restore balance and harmony in a community. A handful of foundations and nonprofits have contributed to help create such spaces in classrooms in Los Angeles. For the last segment in our series on education, we visit a classroom at L.A. Metro High School where council facilitator and acting instructor Camille Amin worked with students to turn the experience of holding council into a theatrical production to share on the stage and, today, on this radio station. We'll hear their collective story right after this break. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. The 
is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris, and we are here at Los Angeles Metropolitan High School in downtown LA, just east of the Greyhound Station, with Camille Amin, who is uh, a teaching artist with the Heart Project, and who also facilitates counsel in the district and in other places around the community in Los Angeles. Camille, thank you for inviting us into this space with your students for the show today. Oh, I'm thrilled that this is happening. This is such a moment of victory and celebration for these young people and uh, they did it so this is really special to all of us and can you explain a little bit about what council is and why it's important at this stage in life um, sure. Council is a, a listening and speaking practice, and it really uh, originated back with indigenous peoples around the world, sitting in circles and sharing stories. And so it's a whole uh, process of learning to listen to others uh, with an open mind and an open heart, and then sharing your own story with an open mind and an open heart. So it's not dialogue. It's not, well, this is what I think about what you said. It's really about, as I tell my story, hopefully we will all learn from it. Um, there's a wonderful quote, if I can just add that, that speaks to counsel. It's, uh, tell me a fact and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. If you tell me a story, it will live in my heart forever. And counsel is about telling our stories. And I think that's how change happens, is people are, are touched in their hearts we see each other differently as a result of our stories. And in what way does counsel work um, in a school setting in a classroom, you know, specifically in a classroom and the purpose that, that it can serve? Um, well, it serves multiple purposes. For one thing, it helps young people listen. <laughs> you know, with all of the uh, input that they're getting, all this rapid-fire stuff, they actually have found that the brain, the whole synapses that are part of long-term focus, are atrophying. In counsel, you may have to listen to 20, 30 stories before you get to speak. Also, through school and through the content standards, learning how to tell your story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, how to take all of those thoughts that are coming through you and then articulating it in a very succinct story. This is another way that counsel helps. Kids learning that their stories are important encourages them to start speaking more, uh, encourages them to start writing because they suddenly see that they are valued. And then, of course, another big part is the whole uh, us and them walls that we put up so often in public schools. And through hearing stories, I've had kids say over and over, gosh, I thought I was having trouble and all the rest of you were doing fine because of the way you acted. I never realized and so through that, we can then again break through those walls of us and them and judgment and start really being a, a much more kind and humane community. And the, the theater piece or the performance piece that we'll be listening to today on the show comes out of a process of counsel. Is that right? Um, for me, yes. I mean, I am a theater artist. I've been a professional actress since 1970. And uh, uh, when the Heart Project and I got together to work on um, 
Zaytun, the book Zaytun by Dave Eggers, um, and make something, a performance art piece out of it, I really felt that what was most important was finding a way for these students to enter the story. The story is about a Syrian-American man, an immigrant from Syria, who is involved in Hurricane Katrina, gets arrested, um, then they realize that he's an Arab, and so then he becomes incarcerated and labeled as a terrorist. And all along the way, I mean, he was out there trying to help people. He saved many lives during the process, and what he got was incarceration without even the ability to make a phone call. So I thought, how do these students relate to that? And it seemed to me that feeling trapped... Um, being discriminated against, either because you are new to this country, English isn't your first language, or you're from a family of immigrants, um, acts of courage and generosity, how you find hope and faith in the middle of tragedy and loss. And so with those ideas in mind, we started doing council because I thought, well, how do we build a community with a group of students who are very guarded and defended as they have to be? in LA. And they're in this school because, you know, in oftentimes they really got themselves on the edge of that line because of the dangers and, and the, the various attacks that we, we get on our psyche and on our being. Um, so I thought, well, let's start to build a community through council. So this was a grand experiment that I did with the heart two years ago, and it worked so well. I thought, yes, this is going to be perfect for Zaytun. So we started by just looking at culture, something that we can all sweep memories from culture, just as Zaytun did in his book. And then from there, we started looking at acts of courage and generosity. And then finally, we started looking at discrimination and loss. And so as we built that community through our stories, by the time we got to the last piece, the students were just so willing and able to share in our circle. And from that, I then, as an actress, used sense memory work to take one of the topics. They could pick anything they wanted of all of the different themes that ran through Zaytun and then think of an incident in their lives and then write about it. So the ultimate piece that we have that you're going to be hearing today is all about taking those pieces, then relating to it personally, and putting it down in paper, and then bringing it to life as theater. Some nights he two stickers of faces, the people who arrested him, who jailed him, who shuttled him between cages like an animal, who transported him like luggage. He thinks of the people who cannot see him as a neighbor, as a countryman, as a human. I'm angry, don't judge me. They say I'm a stupid gangster that's going to end up nowhere. 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 That the only place I'll end up is six feet deep. And that makes me... Mad! Because they don't even know me that good. The part that makes me more angry is that my own family is saying all that bull. Don't judge me because I feel. Don't judge me because I hurt. Don't judge me because I don't believe in faith or luck. Just take me as I am. They don't get it because they have never loved in vain. The world is mine to take. So if you don't like it, then just get away. Don't judge me because I hate. Don't judge me because I hide down my depression with smiles and lies. Don't judge me because I am what I am. I woke up not knowing what today holds for me. I called a very near and dear person to me, my girlfriend. I asked her. Hey, how about I come over and we go to the arcade? I get to her house, we leave and jump on the bus. We sit together closely. 
A very old, fragile woman looks at us and stares with eyes only a troublemaker would see. I twist my body towards her, and the woman screams, You disgusting creature! I look at her, and she is waving her hands around. In shock, I stare and say, What are you talking about? She never replied. Instead, the whole bus stands and screams and throws trash and threatens to kill us. They scream, When the world ends, you will be the first in HELL! I never thought being gay was a struggle for a teenager. Feeling like we don't belong, we get off the bus. And as I step down, we hear everyone applauding and yelling happy that The lesbians slept. We hear everyone applauding and yelling happy that The thugs left. We hear everyone applauding and yelling happy that The Latinos left. We hear everyone applauding and yelling happy that You left. I felt like I had no purpose. I thought to myself, what's the purpose of living? What's the purpose of living? What's the purpose of living? I felt trapped against my will. My body feeling numb, my heart beating fast, my mind still racing, my nerves getting bad, my body language weak, my face expression sad, being strapped to my emotions feel like I've been stabbed. It feels like that when people you don't even know judge you just by the way you look. Racism isn't in the system. Nobody in my dance class wanted to dance with me because I'm Mexican. They made me feel alienated. I felt trapped in a shoebox with nowhere to go. I lost faith in everything. I still had the courage of going the next day and the week after that. I had the responsibility to dance and to learn and teach. No race is superior from the rest. Only God can judge me. No race is the best. Peace is love, and love is peace. The world is our only home. I can't get away from the emotion I'm feeling. I feel fine throughout the day, but once the sun sets in, I feel lonely. I need someone to help me get out of here, away from these feelings that run inside of me every day. I feel miserable. I can't be myself. I try to, but it's hard. I don't want to feel trapped anymore. I want to be happy. I need someone or something to motivate me. Get rid of these awful feelings. I need a new beginning. I need a new beginning. I feel this anger in me that I wish could go away. It has me clueless and I want answers to why and what is making this build up in me. Sometimes I get stressed or headaches. It makes me want to cry like my grandma's passing. Like my godfather, Chano. My grandpa Bartolo. My uncle, Victor. My uncle Raul. It makes me angry because my grandma was still young and there was still hope. What is hope? It's something that helps a person feel a little bit better. Hope is something you get excited about. Hope is something that keeps a person going or the only thing they have. Hope keeps me going. I had to change my ways. I had to become someone in life. I work, I pay my bills, I am independent. I am a warrior. This is what I want from you. See me as who I am. Listen to me, try to understand me. Be a role model for me. Treat me with respect. Treat me fairly. Treat me with love. 
don't give up on me. I have faith. When I saw my daughter Jane for the first time, I found faith. I wanted to keep working, but they wanted me to go back to school. They always had faith in me, and they still do. So they gave me the faith to finish school and give my daughter a better future. Peace is love, and love is peace. The world's our only home, where we live and play our everyday role. Zaytun says he must trust and he must have faith, and so he builds. Because what is building and rebuilding and rebuilding again, but an act of faith? If he can picture it, it can be. I want a world where everyone is seen equally. With people helping one another. A world that's safe. Without a corrupt government. Legalize the world, not just delay. Peacefully. A world without ignorance and blindness. No racism. No police brutality. A world without fear. Life, life with no worries. Fear of opinion. A world without borders. A world full of life. I want to feel peace. Stop the hate. I want to feel peace. You are listening to KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles and at kpfk.org. You can find out more about Here in the City on Facebook. I'm Sarah Harris. We'll be back with more radio realities from the urban landscape. For our last segment on Here in the City today, we visit the Geffen Temporary Museum of Contemporary Art. The museum's northern facade is the site of a commissioned mural that was ordered whitewashed by directors after the artist began to paint soldiers' coffins draped in dollar bills. That mural would have been a centerpiece of the Art in the Streets show that opened this weekend. While police were shunting off grafiteros and taggers from painting on the building's facade, hundreds of people lined up at the glass doors of the temporary contemporary to pay $10 to see graffiti and tagging on the walls inside the museum space. Our arts editor, Jesse Lerner, has this take on the exhibition. The Museum of Contemporary Art's populist exhibition, Art in the Streets, opened this past weekend at the Geffen Contemporary in Little Tokyo. A museum exhibition of, quote-unquote, street art is by its very nature self-contradictory. The moment the art leaves the street and enters the museum, it ceases being street art. 
This points to what is only one of the fundamental problems with an incoherent, big, bombastic mess of an exhibition. The show frames the work on display with a timeline offering some of the landmarks in the evolution and commodification of graffiti, skate culture, and hip-hop from the late 60s to the present day. But it's never made clear whether the aim is to provide a universal overview of these things or simply their histories in the context of New York and Los Angeles. The inclusion of a handful of projects from places including France and Brazil make me fear that the aim is the former, in which case we have a highly narrow and parochial vision on display here. Below this timeline, a number of galleries offer a streetwise version of the period room. See Basquiat and Kenny Scharf's work hung in a recreation of the East Village's fun gallery. Walk through Ramel Z's loft. In one corner, visitors can walk through a litter-strewn alleyway. Transplanted into the safe space of the museum, this kind of reconstruction doesn't simply feel phony. It embodies exactly the kind of sanitizing appropriation that this sort of exhibition ought to take great pains to avoid. The work that fares best is documentary in nature, photographs of some of the murals and painted subway cars, now whitewashed or covered over. Clips from Charlie Ahern's Wild Style take you back to New York City in the early 80s. Broken glass everywhere, people pissing on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise, got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far, cause a man with the tow truck repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder. How I keep from going under Standing on the front stoop Hanging out the window Watching all the cars go by Roaring as the breeze blow A crazy lady Some 30 years ago The New York Artists Group Collab Or Collaborative Projects Organized sprawling Chaotic Energetic shows Like the real estate show Or the Times Square show In which they mixed Graffiti art With photocopied punk rants Angry feminist art Bad paintings And works by the likes Of Kiki Smith Jenny Holzer and David Hammonds. This kind of DIY, no-budget exhibition from Reagan-era Manhattan, messy and energetic, like Kurt Schwitter's Mertzbau, seems to be the paradigm for the installation of MoCA's exhibition. Lots of stuff all over the place, some of it interesting, much of it less so, but the more the merrier, and of course supplemented with a musical soundtrack and skateboarders demonstrating their tricks. The discourse that frames this exhibition could not, however, be more different than those punk free-for-alls. Collapse projects aimed for a little more than an open forum where anyone could have their say without the benefit or interference of a curatorial gatekeeper. Mocha's show, on the other hand, bills itself as, quote, the first major historical exhibition of graffiti and street art to be organized by an American museum. In spite of these aspirations, the museum has produced a messy jumble, which can't be faulted for a lack of ambition, but which is filled with so many missteps. At the end of the day, it feels like the museum's gone slumming in a misguided effort to gain street credibility and box office revenues. It might have been better if they hadn't even tried. For Here in the City, this is Jesse Lerner. So after school, I take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. 
I got a color TV so I can see the Knicks play basketball. Him and juggle my checkbook, could it cost more money than a sucker could ever spend? For more of our coverage about graffiti art, muralism, and censorship, visit Here in the City, that's H-E-A-R in the city dot org, and click on The Arts. Well, it's on and on and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break of dawn. I said a M A S a T E R a G with a double E. I said I go by the unforgettable name of the man they call a Master G. Well, my name is known all over the world by all the foxy ladies and the pretty girls. I'm going down in history as the baddest rapper that ever could be. Now I'm feeling the highs and you're feeling the lows. The beat starts getting into your toes. You start popping your fingers and stopping your feet and moving your body while you're sitting in your seat. And then, damn, they start doing the freak. I said, bam, a writer out of your seat. Then you throw your hands high in the air. You're rocking to the beat. You are listening to KP. KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles and at kpfk.org. You can find out more about Here in the City on Facebook. I'm Sarah Harris. We'll be back with more radio realities from the urban landscape. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. It's like, pull me on, dude. Someone discover me. Give me some money, B. I'll be a money tree. Took a lot of samples out. You don't gotta clear those. Made a lot of weird raps. You don't wanna hear those. Labels like, maybe we could cake off the weirdos. Okay, plug your nose. Here goes. Caveman porn star riding on a unicorn. Undercover cop and I'm wearing a uniform. Plus, I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform. Hella years ago, BC, you better be informed. If you don't get it, get a computer and Google it. If you find out all the reasons we the shit, then you the shit. Yeah, pooping on the track, call me Doodle Vic. Cool, cool, cool AD. Nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool, man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. You can sell. It seems once again back again with the caravan of mans from Pakistan. Karachi Posse Zaki's poppy. Uh, Red octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband, my eyes all droopy. I've gooey foodie, zoobies in my poopy. They all like, well, Heems, you too proud. I'm like, you would be too if you had the juice now. And that is it today for Here in the City. Thanks to Luis Sierra Campos, Jesse Lerner, Albert Chacon, Sabiha Khan, Mayra Jimenez, and Rachel Salmon for web production. Thanks also to Camille Amin, Nancy DePaolo, and Metropolitan High School students Andy, Carol, Caroline, Cesar, Chalino, Daniel, Edgar, Fernanda, Javier, Jasmine, Johnny, Juan, Kevin, Lino, Pedro, Raul, and Ives. And thanks to you, our listeners. I'm Sarah Harris. We will be back soon with more radio realities from the urban landscape. Peace.
basement, I don't pay rent, I sell old books for new ones, new fives, two jobs, so live, whole live at the spin show, beats by Diplo, stack bundles, rest in peace, Della Reese's nieces, rest with me, next to me is a table with empties, don't tempt me, I burn hemp leaves, more style than 10 Fonzie Bentleys, I'm Ray Liotta from Goodfellas, complex, I'm Shiv Kumar Batalvi, I'm complex, I'm Sahir Lugyanvi, I'm complex, I'm Abrar Alvi, I'm complex, I'm Guru Dutt, I'm complex, I'm complex, I'm complex, I'm complex.